Welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Timonetti. On today's episode, I'm in conversation with one of the most recognizable voices in the country, John O'Hurley. I really hope he doesn't listen to this episode and hear that impression. Anyway, you more than likely got to know him first as Jay Peterman on Seinfeld, and then he went on to be the runner-up in the inaugural season of Dancing with the Stars. He also provides the voice of King Neptune in SpongeBob SquarePants. And for theater fans, he's played the role of Billy Flynn over 2,000 times in the musical Chicago, both on Broadway and on tour. He also played King Arthur in Spamalot on the Road as well. Currently, John is performing the one-person show Every Brilliant Thing by Duncan McMillan down here in Winter Garden, Florida through September 24th. Despite everything that he's done in his career, John tells me that it is the most challenging role that he has ever taken on, and that is one of the reasons why he decided to do the show. We talk all about the play, but he also tells me why he thinks the Chicago revival has remained so popular over 25 years after premiering on Broadway. Of course, in the show notes, I will have information on where you can purchase tickets to see John O'Hurley in Every Brilliant Thing at the Garden Theater in Winter Garden, Florida. So, with all of that out of the way, here is my conversation with John O'Hurley. Well, John, welcome to Central Florida. How has uh, Central Florida and Winter Garden been treating you since you've been down here for the preparations for uh, for every brilliant thing? Oh, listen, they couldn't have uh, extended more of uh, more of a welcome mat than they have. It's been just wonderful, both uh, both from the point of the theater and also from my uh, my my stay here in Winter Garden. It's been just absolutely wonderful. I've never been here before, so it was a wonderful surprise to come here. Wonderful. Well, you are going to be doing the the show Every Brilliant Thing just through September 24th at the Garden Theater. So it is a limited engagement. So we want to make sure that people are heading out there over the next few weeks to see this show, which is really become kind of a little bit of a, in terms of theatrical circles, one of these shows that is a must-see no matter who's doing it, no matter where it is. It's a, it's a truly powerful piece. I don't want to give too much away about the show. So I, I, I'm going to ask you to kind of give a plot description because I don't want to tread too lightly on things that we don't want to spoil for audiences. Well, I think the easiest way to explain the show is that this is a show about um, uh, uh, somebody dealing with a suicidal mother during, during several stages of his life and the difficulty and, and the way that basically um, that type of that depth of depression uh, becomes um, uh, almost communicable. Uh, and uh, it's an extraordinarily powerful piece. Uh, and most people would say, oh, it's, it's a play about uh, suicide or say it's, it's actually, it has a very positive message to it. And it's delivered with a great deal of humor as well. So it's actually a very funny play. Uh, so um, it, it, it's, uh, it's ironic in that regard. Now, throughout everything that you've done in your career, you've done so many different things and people know you from uh, both stage and screen. But I, I do have to imagine that doing a one person show forces you to kind of do uh, to work some different muscles than perhaps you were used to as you are diving into a piece like this that does have both the heart and the emotion and the humor that you mentioned is does this kind of present a few different challenges some from a normal scripted show with multiple people in an ensemble or voice overwork or anything like that 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just say flat out, this is the most complicated uh, role that I have ever undertaken at any point of my 40-year career. This is this is the mother load. Uh, it is so difficult because it's it's essentially a 90 minute monologue. Uh, it contains all sorts of elements within the show uh, that make it uh, you know very taxing to one's uh, uh, <laughs> one's memory muscles. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's no question about it. It's uh, it's really difficult, but it's uh, it's fun. It's interactive. The audience is involved as well, which which really helps build a community during the show. Um, and uh, that's the that's the really fun part about it is that every show is different because it contains an enormous amount of improvisation. Okay, now for me as an audience member, when I hear a show is going to be interactive, I always get a little nervous. I, I I have a little bit of stage fright, even if I'm just in the audience. For you, how do you how do you approach that when you're getting an audience involved in something when you do have to improv certain elements of a show? How do you prepare for that? I mean, are you really able, other than just doing it a bunch and knowing what audiences are going to be like and how they're going to react, are you able to prep for those parts of a show? No, you really aren't, and you shouldn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you really can't. You really can't prepare. But I've had a great deal of experience. Uh, remember, I hosted Family Feud for five years. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and I did, uh, you know, several hundred shows a year. So um, it, it, it's you know, you leap and you know that the net will appear. Um, so it's it, it's not it's not a, it's not a problem. It's always actually something you look forward to because people are always different. They'll always have they'll always give you a different reaction, and it's kind of fun to play along with. And I know this is a a fairly interesting setup because there are audience members up on the stage with you uh, as well. So how does that factor into the way that this show is presented? Well, it, it gives it, uh, I, it not quite a theater in the round uh, aspect to uh, the staging of the show, uh, but it's something and, and, and therefore it's something you have to be aware that at any one point, you know, you have your back to somebody. Uh, so you have to keep, you know, you keep your, your, your you keep moving um, around the around the stage so that there is, you know, a constant change of view from the audience's perspective. And and I also move out into the audience as well, uh, into the aisles of the audience. So the whole we really use the whole theater. And so that even those people that might be sitting in the back of the theater still have, you know, wonderful access to the to the live part of the to the live performance. Is there any is there any uh, uh, worry about somebody up on the stage uh, trying to upstage you a little bit and uh, and be and steal the focus and the center of attention while uh, while you're walking around and people are looking up on the stage for them? I play Jay Peterman on Seinfeld. <laughs> I dare anybody. I dare anybody to try. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's very fair. Very fair. Um, I, I want to get back into kind of the complicated nature of this show. I'm sure just the memorization of a 90 minute monologue is its own challenge. But as you go through all of the emotions, you mentioned the fact that this is chronicling somebody's experience with a suicidal mother throughout multiple segments of their life. As you start to prepare to go through the emotions of this show, and obviously you're doing it every single night on stage, but as you're crafting your character and your performance, what is that process like for you to dive into the text and then to kind of root out how those emotions will play themselves out on stage every evening? Yeah, well, the, the, the emotions themselves really are a reaction to doing something. 
Um, I, I, what I try to do is to focus on the actions and at what point in my life I am at. Uh, I'm a seven-year-old boy. I'm a teenager. Uh, I'm a, a young man in my um, uh, early 20s. And then, then I am as my age, you know, my age later on. Um, so really kind of four perspectives that you're looking at. And there are four different, and therefore four different um, attitudes, I would say. The, you know, a seven-year-old has the different, atti- different attitude about the world and life and hope and than, a, uh, uh, than an 18-year-old would have. Same with a, you know, a, 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 somebody in their late 20s. Same with someone who's uh, grown older. Um, it's, um, you know, you, you, you kind of work on those expectations of what you feel, um, the mindset of the, um, of the character would be at that say that, uh, that age. And going through those different phases of a character. And like we said, again, an hour and a half all alone, although you do interact with the audience, that has to be exhausting both physically and emotionally. How do you either recover after a show or prepare going into a show to be able to get yourself into the right physical and mental state of mind to do this every time you step on stage? Before I step on stage, whether I'm here or whether I'm on Broadway doing a musical or whether I'm hosting a show or doing a sitcom, it doesn't matter. Before I go on stage, I say one prayer and that's it. I say, God, let me be surprised. And that's Mm -hmm. it. It relaxes me and it puts me in the frame of mind where I'm out there looking for my surprise. Something is going to happen that is unexpected. And that's the joy of doing the theater it, 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 because it's a living organic thing and it will never be the same as it was uh, in the matinee earlier in the day or in the promise of the show that evening. Uh, so it's, it's, I, that's what I do. Uh, and in terms of, uh, of um, <laughs> I promise myself a nice glass of wine at the end of every show. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but I, I, I will admit uh, that my mind um, is, is kind of like mashed potatoes at the end of, uh, at the, at the end of the show. It, uh, it is, uh, there's no, there is no question that this is a stressful piece on the performer. Uh, but that's what makes this all worthwhile. And I'm so fortunate uh, at this stage in my career to still have an opportunity to do these absolutely strategically important pieces of drama. I mean, this really is an incredible piece of work. Um, I've seen it. It was filmed uh, on HBO as a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very it's in, it's an extraordinarily penetrating piece of uh, theater. I can't I can't recommend it enough. I, it's one of the it is as you said and introduced it earlier. You it's it's become one of the must sees in theater. Um, it's uh, there's it is it lives up to its name. Every brilliant thing. Beyond just being a great piece, what was it about this show specifically that attracted you to it? Is it just because it is becoming one of those uh, indelible parts of the theatrical canon? Or was there something about this story at this time in your life that really spoke to you and made you want to take on this obviously Herculean challenge? There are extraordinary parallels in my growth um, uh, that I find in the show. It's It's a deeply personal show for me. Um, you know, relationships that I've had in my life are all present in this show. 
Um, and so it, it's, it's an interesting way to go back and replay these things through the perspective of your own personal experience. And that's what makes every performance of this and every person who attempts to perform the show, it makes it an intensely different thing uh, in the hands. It, it always takes the shape of the, of the performer, and this will inherently take the shape of me. You mentioned a few minutes ago that you always say the same prayer and ask for a surprise throughout the course of your career. Is there one surprise that sticks out to you the most, whether it was on, like you said, a, a, a stage or doing a sitcom or doing something that you're like, oh, that that's what I was praying for right there? Well, you know, it's 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 interesting. I'll say it more as a cumulative effect. I've done over 2000 performances as Billy Flynn on the musical Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um the longest running show in the history of uh, the American musical theater. And I, um, so to say that that role that I've done as Billy Flynn is 2000 times richer than when I first started doing the show back in 15 years ago is an absolute honest statement because everything has enriched me because something new has come out every night. Somebody says a line a different way. Um, or something will occur to me that is a parallel from my own life. Um, every every night something happens. I find that one surprise, and I go, ah, there it is, there it is. And it's it and, and mostly they're just little personal things that I look for, and I go, ah, there it is. But I have to be. What it does is it calms me down, and it allows me to be out there searching. I know what I'm going to say. I just don't know why I'm going to say it yet. So uh, to mean that, you know, the lines, but the the context of of how you're going to say them each time is influenced by everything around you and every other performer and how they're reacting on stage that night. Yes. And I will say that uh, when I'm doing the show on Broadway, the cast is uh, aware that um, I don't take any baloney out there. There's no no there's no phoning it in. Yeah, uh, I'm looking I'm looking right in your eyes for the reason that I'm going to res- respond to you. When you are doing a show that is just yourself on stage, although there is the audience interaction, how do you make sure that you don't phone it in? How, how do you make sure that you don't slip into kind of obviously you haven't done it 2000 times like you did. Uh, you, you've done Chicago, but how do you make sure that you keep your energy and your focus and your attention high each night when you're doing a show all by yourself? Well, it's interesting. I have because I have another show that is a one man show and it's a one man it's a one man musical actually. Uh it's called A Man with Standards and I actually will be coming back here at a later time uh mm, this year to do to do that show here. In fact, that was the uh, strangely enough that was our first connect my first connection with the Garden Theater was to arrange to do uh this other one man show that I have. But it's a promise I've always made to myself. There's no phoning it in. I, I, I went into this business to be as authentic as I possibly could. And I'm much happier when I'm being authentic. Uh, if I'm just repeating lines, I'm, I, I might as well have stayed in the dressing room. And that seems like a, a good lesson for every actor and every performer and basically anybody in any walk of life uh, to, uh, to kind of keep in mind as they, as they go through their daily work. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about Chicago there because of your history with Billy Flynn. This show, as you mentioned, is the longest running American musical in the history of Broadway. There are still audiences going to it 
all the time. It still sells incredibly well, especially given the fact that it's been there for over a quarter century. What is it about mm. that show in that specific presentation of the show? Because it's run far longer than the original Broadway production did. What is it about that production and that that show and that score that has so in excited audiences for so many years that it just keeps continuing to draw people in? I think it's because it contains candor and ebbs absolutely it was their best turn of creativity, either and, and it, both lyrically and in the text of the script. It's just simply the best musical musical that they have ever done. I think people are attracted to the style of the music, that sense of that Chicago jazz and the turn of the century, and uh, um, and I think it's also it's very funny. Uh, but I think the presentation and the choreography is just uh, Fosse's Fosse's. Uh, uh, choreography was just unmistakably a, a signature of his, and you see it all over the stage. Um, you know, it's a Fosse piece. You can tell from the uh, when the when the when the conductor's baton drops, and the and the beauty of the staging, where you actually have the orchestra sitting up and on stage, and they're actually part of the show. Um, and uh, the show has kind of a concert feel to it, where you know people are coming out on stage, but there's no other set. It really is is and in so in that respect it it draws so much on your imagination which is the most powerful tool that a audience can bring to the theater is their imagination and i think it's probably one of if not the biggest tool that an actor can probably bring uh to a performance uh, as well and you have done so much on both stage and screen it, but as i was kind of thinking about this one person show i, I it, it did kind of make a little bit of a connection to me to all of the the voice work that you've done, which I know in, it's not necessarily always the case, but in most cases, you're just kind of in a booth with the director maybe and, and doing that all on your own. Are there parallels between doing that type of work and the work you're doing with Every Brilliant Thing where you do kind of have to just rely on yourself to generate all of the other given circumstances around you? Well, not, I, I, I wouldn't say, I mean, when I'm doing voice work, yes, the director is giving me the constant context for the lines that I'll be saying, but you know, I, I'll have three, I'll, I'll give them three or four different takes. And, uh, you know, so you have a lot of chances to, um, <laughs> I would say fail, um, <laughs> with, with a show like this, um, you know, once the stage lights go up, that's it. You can't turn around and go back and or you can't try again. There's no such thing as uh, let's, uh, you know, let's take that one more time. Uh, <laughs> you're you're there and you, uh, you know, you've got to deliver a cohesive and coherent uh, story and plot line. And um, so there, it, it, it really is a singular, you know, doing a show like this really is a singular um, uh, experience for an actor. We'll wrap up like this. You you mentioned that the show, despite the fact that it is looking through some of the darkest times in somebody's life, does have a lot of heart, a positive message and humor for people who come to the Garden Theater between September 8th and September 24th. What do you hope that they take away from the show, whether it's it's a message or a feeling or a moment? What are you hoping that they leave the theater with kind of thinking about in the back of their mind and taking away as the core of what they got out of every brilliant thing? Well, I hope that they come uh, prepared to laugh and to uh, to experience a truly poignant moment so that at the end of the evening, they can stand up and as they're walking out of the theater, turn to the people they're with and saying, that was really, really well, time well spent. And that's what I love about the theater. If you can say that to the people you're with or to yourself, 
then everything has been a success as long as it was time well spent. I love that. Well, John, thank you so much for chatting about the show. I, I can't wait to see it later this week and uh, enjoy your month here in Central Florida. And then whenever you are back with your musical uh, at some point in the future as well. Thank you so much. Joy to talk to you. 